Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rural Monticello. This is Sunday, April the 2nd, 2023. This service was recorded on March 26th, the fifth Sunday in Lent. The sermon is by Dr. Reverend Lynn Banderop. The accompanist is Pete Temple. Thank you to Paul and Jeanette Tobiason for sponsoring this week's broadcast in memory of Paul's parents. Welcome to worship on this day. I- I invite you to stand for our prayer of the day and invite your voices with mine that you'll find in the Celebrate insert. Let us pray. Almighty God, your Son came into the world to free us from sin and death. Breathe upon us the power of your Spirit that we may be raised to new life, grace, and serve you in righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus, Lord, in whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, This illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, after hearing After having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Then after he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again, the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and you're going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he's fallen asleep, he'll be all right. Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. For your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them about their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, and while Mary stayed at home, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of him. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one coming into the world. When she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary and told her privately, the teacher is here and is calling for you. And when she heard it, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come to the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary get up quickly and go out. They followed her because they thought she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came to Jesus, when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tube. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Jesus says, take away the stone. But Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, already there is a stench because he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for hearing, having heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to him, said to them, unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. The Gospel of our Lord. Woo! That was a reading, wasn't it? You know, when you start preparing for a sermon... I do it, um, pastor told me that uh, he would be away and if I could cover and he let me know that you know, three or four weeks ago. And um, so I started looking at the texts and you read them and you ask for the Holy Spirit to point you in a direction to the message that you're commissioned to give. And so when I was reading the Ezekiel text, he says, here, and I went, oh, no, 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 don't want that one. Let's read the next one. He goes, Ezekiel. No, 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 Lord. Ezekiel is your text, Lynn. So here we go. Bill's giving me permission to preach fire and brimstone. I said to him, 
Be careful what you wish for. Let's give a little background to Ezekiel. In our Bible, we have the Old Testament broken up into major prophets and minor prophets. There's five major prophets, twelve minor. They're only called major and minor because of the length of the book, how windy the prophet was. So Ezekiel is a major prophet. He speaks for 49 chapters. He's speaking to the people of Judea. The land of the Israelites was broken into two kingdoms because some of the kings were evil and they didn't want to worship the way they were supposed to. So if you think of this big landmass of Israel and divide it in two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, the northern kingdom had ten of the twelve tribes and it was called Samaria or Israel. The southern kingdom had two tribes, Benjamin and Judah, and they were called Judah. The capital was in Jerusalem. The capital of the northern kingdom was in Samaria. Ezekiel is the prophet to the southern kingdom, as was Isaiah about 300 years before Ezekiel. Elijah and Elisha were the prophets to the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom was taken off into exile when they fell to the Assyrians. And about 130 years later, the southern kingdom of Judah went off to exile at the hands of the Babylonians. They went off to exile because they were judged by God. And that's the book of Ezekiel. The people in Judah... They had some good kings and they followed God. And they had some very evil kings and they left God. Ezekiel was the prophet before they were exiled. And he kept coming to them saying, people, 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 listen. You're not following God's word. You've tossed this book out the window. And you're ignoring it. You're worshipping the gods of Baal. They were sacrificing their children on the altar of God. They were doing satanic worship. Evil, hideous things were happening. And Ezekiel kept going to them, stop it. Listen to the word of the Lord. And so they were taken off into exile by the Babylonians. And it was brutal. Many were killed. They desolated the temple in Jerusalem and Ezekiel was taken away in exile as well and he continues to speak to them while they're in exile and so the first half of Ezekiel's book those first 25-30 chapters is all about this judgment God is placing on them because of all the sin that they were doing and abominations they were doing and now they're in exile and so the second half of the book is where our reading kind of picks up. And there's some amazing visions Ezekiel is given. And there's hope that comes out of that. So there's always this, God says, listen to me through the prophets. Turn back to me and I'll deliver you to the threshold of my promise. So there's warning and judgment. And God delivers them with hope to the threshold of his promise. 
the visions that Ezekiel has makes it abundantly clear that it was not God that left his people, but rather the people left God. He laid that statement on me yesterday. It was not God that left his people, but rather it was the people that left God. I think about our world now. God hasn't left us. We've left him. In the church, in this country, and around the world. But Ezekiel was commissioned as a prophet to sound the warning, to speak God's word in the hope that some might hear and repent and live. And when we hear God, heed God's warning, it will always, 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 always deliver us to the threshold of God's promise of life and hope. So looking at our text, it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He sent me down in the middle of a valley and it was filled with bones. It kind of brings me to this image of Psalm 23, verse 4, right? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because God is with me, says the psalmist. But the hand of the Lord was on him and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord. So there's, the Lord is there and the Spirit of the Lord is there. He led me all around them. So he's walking with them. He just didn't drop them off to let them see what was going on. God is with them to show him a very specific thing. There were many lying in the valley and they were very dry. Not just dry, but really dry. They were very distant from God. He said to me, mortal, can these bones live? And I answered, Lord God, you, you know. He was basically saying, I have no idea, but God, I'm hoping you do. He was honest. If that was me, there would be a bead of sweat coming off my forehead. Then he said, prophesy to these bones. Give them direction. Prophecy is to give direction. It's not to predict the future, it's to give direction in the here and now because we know something else is coming. And to say to them, so speak my word. O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So there's power in hearing the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. There is power in hearing God's word. Any time that we get distracted in fear and doubt and anxiety, this book takes us back to the heart of God to where the peace is found. When we're caught in anxiety and doubt and fear, those are manifestations not of the Lord, but of Satan. And this book, in calling on Jesus' name, brings us back into the arms of Christ. 
And so that is what the Lord is telling him. Speak my word and things are going to happen. I will lay sinew on you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. So a very declarative statement. You say these things and things will be better. You will live. You won't be in despair. You won't be in fear. But you're going to live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. In the Bible, there's over 102 times that the Lord says, You shall know that I am the Lord. Of those 102 times, 65 times it happens in Ezekiel, and three times in our scripture lesson today. Anytime something is repeated, it has a lifted up meaning. God wants us to see what He's doing amongst us. And he says, I'll allow these amazing things to happen. I'll deliver you from fear. I'll deliver you from despair. And you'll know it's me. Because nothing else could have done it for you than me. And there's order to these statements that from dry bones to sinew to muscle to skin. God has an order. The word breath appears 12 times in our scripture lesson in different words. The, here's the problem with going from Hebrew into English is that we lose something in the translation and Hebrew has one word, arush, aush. It's spirit or breath or wind. And so it said, you brought me out by the spirit of the Lord. You brought me out by the arush of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord, and I will cause breath to enter you. I will cause the Spirit to enter you, and you shall live. I put breath in you. I put the Spirit in you. That's how you live, because the Spirit is living in you. And amazing things happen when the breath of Jesus is put into you. Think back um, to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, the spirit of life. And the man became a living being. Think of how intimate and personal it is for someone to come blow air in your nose. That's kind of getting in your space, isn't it? Like if I asked you to like, turn to your neighbor and blow in their nose, you go, no. <laughs> It's breaking the boundary of our space. But that's how close God is to us. That he can enter our space and breathe life and breathe spirit into us. And we can receive that. So Ezekiel, he says, so I prophesied as I was commanded. I'm going to be obedient to what you just told me, God. So I prophesied. He spoke God's word and change happened Immediately, only to the word. Suddenly there was a noise, a rattling. The bones came together, bone to its bone. I looked and there was sinew on them. And flesh had come upon them. The skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. There was no spirit yet in them. He had spoken them alive. But to continue on in life, we need the spirit within us to keep us in God's word, to keep God with us. 
Then he said, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the spirit. Prophesy, mortal, and say to the breath, say to the spirit, thus says the Lord, come from the all four winds, O breath, and breathe upon the slain. Come from all four winds, from every corner of creation, God's entire creation, come and breathe the spirit of me into them that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them, the spirit came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet, a vast multitude. Then he said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up. Our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. What are they cut off from? They're cut off from God. They turn their back on God in abominable ways. And they felt cut off. But God didn't leave them. They left him. And God in all his mercy and grace said, Therefore prophesy to them, thus says the Lord, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. He's going to fully restore them. So despite all the wicked, evil things that they had been doing, that they were judged for and taken away by the Babylonians, God says, you're still my beloved children. I'm going to breathe my spirit into you and you will live and I will restore you fully. That should make us pretty dang happy because we haven't done the abominations that they have. And that promise is still for us as well. And you shall know that I am God. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O oh my people, I will put my spirit within you. You shall live. And I will place you on your own soil. And you shall know that I, the Lord, has spoken and will act, says the Lord. When we heed God's warning, it always delivers us to the threshold of his promise. They were restored. And the last few chapters of Ezekiel are all about the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem that was taken down. They were fully restored. Anyone hear about the Asbury revival that happened in Kentucky last month? Few. So Asbury is a, a seminary college in um, Wilmar, I believe, Wilmar? Wilmore, Kentucky. It's a town of about 6,000 people. And they were having their normal worship service they have twice a week. And one of the president of the college said, you know, it, it was just a normal worship. There was nothing special about it. And the worship came to a conclusion and there was a handful of students that stayed behind. And one young man got up and he came to the front and the Lord had put something pretty heavy on his heart and he says, I had turned from the Lord and I've done these things and I repent and I ask God to come fill me back in, fill me back up with his spirit. And so his classmates came around him and prayed for him. And this was after worship. And so there's eight or nine students there 
And some of them are texting their buddies saying, we're still here, come back. And the worship leader stayed and continued to play music. That was February 8th. Worship continued for 16 days. 70,000 people came through those 16 days of a town of 6,000 people. They overloaded the sewer system. <laughs> there were some logistical problems that were unreal. There were people that came from all over the world. The man that I know that went there, uh, I was listening to his um, recount of what he did because he went and he, he was on the prayer team. And he said he was meeting people from Sudan that had flown over to come. Other places in Africa. There was students from 200 colleges represented over those 16 days. People were saved. They heard the word of God. They sang. They praised. There was healings. My friend that was there, he says, it was a move of God marked by humility and repentance. We're in a time of dry bones. In the church, in this country, and around the world. And there's only one thing that delivers us from that. Calling on God to come and breathe His Spirit into us again. We've turned from the truths of this book. We've stopped standing on this book as our foundation. There are abominations happening around this world and God doesn't like it. And we need a revival. We need God to breathe his life back into us because no matter what we hear, this is actually the standard by which God has given us to live. God does not leave us where we are. God is present in the struggles, even the dry bones don't have the last word. The evil in this world does not have the last word. God does. And we need collectively as a Christian body to call on God to revive us. To come and blow his spirit into the evil of this world. I've never preached like this before. But there's a time that we have to hear something. That God is with us. But only if we call his name. And when we get into fear and we get into despair and we get into fear, that's not God. That's Satan trying to pull us away from God. Speak the word of God over your life. Read this thing. It's pretty dang good. Ezekiel only spoke the words of God and the dry bones came to life. He only spoke breathed the Spirit into them, and it happened. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. 
What has come into being in him is life. And life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. Did you hear that last word? The darkness did not overcome it. We have darkness in this world and the light of Jesus is our solution. We need to call on Jesus and speak life into the darkness because the darkness will not overcome it. That is the hope for our church. That is the hope for this nation. That is the hope for our world. That's what the Lord wanted me to share with you today. Let's pray. Good and faithful God, what we do on this planet grieves you deeply. We are a land of dry bones. We call upon your Holy Spirit to believe. Breathe life into us through your word. Allow us to capture your word in our hearing and in our hearts and to share it with those that are caught in despair and fear and anxiety because when we speak your word, the darkness leaves. It has no choice but to leave because your power and your hope are the bomb for this world, the bomb, the salve for this world to heal us from the inside out with your spirit. So on this day, on this March 26th of 2023, Lord, descend upon each and every one of us in the hearing of this message, that your spirit is fanned into flames within them to declare the hope and the promise and your deliverance. It's in the power and authority of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God.